Good evening, friends. This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Channel 21, Lonesome Road Ministries, Conference Line host. And we've got a great program for you tonight. We Every Thursday at 5 p.m. That's Central Time. That's Tulsa Time. And we'll have a great meeting with uh, different speakers and a lot of prayer and praise reports to go along with the, with the meeting. So we're glad you joined us. And we'd ask you to log on to lonesomeroad.org and contact us and let us know and let us help you out there on that old lonesome road. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's the lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two chrome stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day is my life and that's a song that uh dennis mckay helped me do down there at his studio 115a down in mac records in columbus mississippi uh dennis is a very talented guy and a partner with us here at lonesome road ministry well fred we really enjoy you and and appreciate you joining the team uh fred's uh been a part of lonesome road ministry ever since 2002 when uh 
I came to Orchardville Church, and Fred was my Sunday school teacher, and he was uh, doing uh, sound uh, up there and playing the drums. He was a very, very active guy. And so Fred has been helping me ever since 2002. Uh, when I went, first came to Orchardville Church, uh, he was playing drums and running sound, and he's been in the music field all of his life, I guess. And uh, Fred came on board and started helping me up there when we was doing cassette tapes up there. And we used to get in my basement and work on leaders and trailers. <laughs> Those was the good days. The good old days. Good yeah. old days, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Them was good days, yes. We loved uh, working with Fred down there, and, and Fred used to get out and witness together. And, and Fred has a unique ministry that he's involved in. Uh, Fred, tell them about your ministry. So kind of introduce yourself to the to our listening audience. All right. I have a most unusual ministry. It's called Fred and His Feathered Friends. And I present the gospel with uh, a flock of tropical birds. I use macaws, Amazons, grays, all types of exotic birds, and uh, present the ABCs of the gospel with these birds. And it has taken me... Well, within a four hours drive all over the place, because uh, I haven't found a hotel that likes birds yet. <laughs> but uh, it's it's quite a unique ministry. I uh, I first got started in our children's church, and I took an African gray, and I spoke on the sheep knows the master's voice. And I asked a little boy to try to get the bird to talk, and I knew the bird wouldn't talk for him. And then the bird talked for me. But the amazing thing I seen was all those children was glued upon me. And when ministering to children, number one, you have to get their attention, and then you have to keep it. And it's worked out really good. We've been doing it for 21 years now, and we really enjoy bringing the gospel and using God's beautiful creations, these wonderful tropical parrots. That's pretty amazing, Fred. Uh, God has had us, us both on that ministry path, running down different roads, but intertwining all the time together, working together. And uh, you have a unique ministry, and, and it's so simple, uh, presenting the gospel. If we could just figure out how to do this on radio, we'd have us a new program. <laughs> I said I had a face for radio. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hear you there. So do I, so... <laughs> We better get on with the program here. These drivers are probably wanting to hear a, a song by, who would you like to hear a song by, Fred? How about James Payne? James Payne, I'll tell you. James Payne has had over, well, I hate to say it because every time I say it, it changes. So we're going to put on a number one song by our good friend, James Payne. In a motel in Nashville Searching for hope In my hand was a Bible I read as a child But on the table was a bottle It was driving me wild I poured the whiskey 
into the glass I prayed it would help me forget my past Then I read how Jesus died on that tree And I poured out the whiskey and I fell down on my knees And that night old Jack Daniels met John 3.16 God's word broke the hold that he had over me song there i asked james when he was at our conference uh what year he wrote that song or what year it came out and he said 1995 (laughs) i got saved august 13 1995 and i remember when i was out there on the road i would always search the truck stops for cassette tapes to pick up to listen to to help me while i was out on the road and i picked up a cassette tape one day in a truck stop i i ain't got a clue where at but this cassette tape had one song on it and it's all it had on this tape and it was a called the night jack daniels met john 316 and it was a guy had recorded this in his church with him just him and his guitar and he was singing that song and i tell you he was a good singer but this it just fed my soul. I listened to that over and over and over and over again. I just loved that song and the way he was singing it. And this was before I ever heard of James Payne or even knew James Payne. But this song right here just fed my soul and it inspired me 
to write my testimony out in a song. And that's when I ended up writing At the Foot of the Tree. And you hear that song, At the Foot of the Tree, on about every CD uh, podcast that we do. Most of the times you hear it at the end of the end of the CD, and you'll hear it today on today's program. It'll be at the end, and that foot of the tree is my testimony in song, and it was inspired by James Payne and this song of his, The Night Jack Daniels Met John 316. That was a number one song for James Payne. It was on number one on a lot of country charts, but on the national charts, it got up to number three on the national charts. So that song right there was not only a number one song for James Payne, it has been a blessing to not only him, but many people out on the road that has listened to that, and James has never even talked to him. So he's written, <laughs> he's closing in on a hundred number one songs. And this one is probably the most popular one that he has because it crossed over into the country chart. Anyway, Fred, we've got James Henson on our conference line with a message that he preached called Kingdom Come. So let's get into James Henson's powerful message that he preached right here on Lonesome Road Ministries conference line. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. And let me be honest, I tried to get out of this. I was, uh, I'm not uh, the type that like to speak on conference calls. Uh, I'm going to be honest. And I called Chaplain uh, uh, Spicer last night, Daryl, and I said, Daryl, maybe you could. I really, I'm working right now. So I said, Daryl, maybe you could stand in for me because I'm working and I don't know if I'm going to be able to be sitting still to give the kind of message I want. And he said he couldn't do it because he would do it, but he couldn't do it because he had he had other things, something going on. So, And I understood that. And then we ended up talking, and we had a good conversation, and then, uh, and then it worked out and everything. So then everything got switched around where I was able to sit still. So that was God opening the door for me. Uh, I wanted to read something. Uh, I, I love all you guys. I wanted to read something tonight that just to start off, it's kind of off subject about what I'm going to talk about, but I just want to talk about uh, being diamonds in the dark. You know, and it says, we Christians should stand out like sparkling diamonds against a dark velvet background. We should be more wholesome than anyone else. We should be poised, cultural, courteous, gracious, but firm in the things we do or do not do. We should laugh and be radiant. We should refuse to allow the unbelieving world to pull us down to its level. Christ meant for us, his followers, to be different. And if we are truly following him, we will be. But merely being different is not enough. We are to be the cleanest, most holy, the kindest, most unselfish, the friendliest, the most courteous, the most industrious, the most thoughtful, the truest, and the most loving people on earth. The Bible says those who are wise will shine like, a, will shine like the bright, brightness of heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. That's out of Daniel 12.3. Dr. Uh, Albert Schweitzer, the great missionary doctor and statesman, once said, to be glad instruments of God's love in this imperfect world is the service to which man is called. And I thought that was something good for chaplains. You know, through all the, uh, I, I, I didn't have a message. I, I, I was asking God to give me a message, just give me something. And, you know, I always hear everybody say, yeah, God gave me this word. Well, I, 
for the for the last month, I haven't heard anything from God about talking tonight. And but um, I asked my wife. She said, "If you don't know what to talk about, talk about what you know." And that's the same thing Daryl told me last night. And so I, I can just tell you from my experience and um, through through the uh, through the uh, finding uh, my mother shot on the bathroom floor when I was like five. And finding my father dead at ten years old. Uh, through the school shooting in sixth grade, through the drugs and the alcohol, God has kept me. And when I was on the way here, where I'm at right now, I stopped in Michigan before I delivered my load. Uh, I heard a song, God is the keeper, that keeps on keeping me. And he said, thank you, Lord, you kept me. And I heard that song, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. So, you know, I thought I knew God through all that stuff, you know, I, you know, but I really didn't. I thought, you know, it's easy to be high on the mountain and, and think you know God when nothing is going wrong. But the times you find out who God is is when you're in that deep valley. And it happened to me in 2021. Uh, it happened on January 6th of 2021 when they had the insurrection. I was driving home from Portage, uh, Wisconsin. I stopped and went running at the Petro, I ate, I, I ate dinner, and then I was listening to what was going on. You know, this was not political, don't get me wrong, but I was listening to what was going on on the radio, on CNN and all that stuff. And my blood pressure just started going up. I could feel myself getting antsy, you know. And by the time I drove from Portage, uh, Wisconsin to Chicago, uh, my, I just felt real antsy on the inside. I didn't feel right. I was like, God, why is this country going like this? Why is all this stuff happening? And I was letting it get to me. And so then I stopped at my mother's house. We live in a condominium building. She lives on the first floor. And I got a blood pressure machine. My blood pressure was like 170 over maybe 90. And so I was like, okay. I checked it again. It was like 180 over 95. I was like, it's going up. You know, I checked it again. It was like 195 over 100. And I said, so I'm going upstairs. And I said, I'm going to chill out and take a bath, you know, take a shower, you know, eat and lay down. I said, I looked at some scriptures. I started declaring health, you know, and, and I'm, you know, God, you know, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. By his stripes, I'm healed and all this stuff. But I wasn't really, I was really more worried than listening to, looking at them scriptures. Then I lay, I took a shower, laid down. <laughs> and what's so crazy, I, with my blood pressure that high, I ate a, a Baconator from Wendy's. I had in my bag. So that was stupid, I think, of me. But I, I was hungry, so I ate it. And then I heard this voice inside my spirit say, you need to get up and go to the hospital. So I told my wife to uh, sit still. I'm going to run to the hospital. And so I went to the hospital. My blood pressure was like 200 over 100 and something. And so then they did all they said, well, you got, you got high blood pressure. You got to keep you overnight. They started doing all these tests and everything. And so then they got my blood pressure down. And I said, well, it's time for me to go. I can go now. I feel much better. They said, no, nah, Mr. Henson, you got a aortic aneurysm. And this is January 2021. I was like, what is that? I didn't even know what that was. And um, and so uh, they said, it's a, your, your artery, your biggest artery has a, a aneurysm, and you got to stay overnight so we can check it. You know, this is serious. I said, oh, man, my blood pressure went right back up again. So anyway, they put me in the room. They checked. They got my blood pressure back down again. They gave me all this medication. And I, I was just scared. I'm not going to lie. I was scared to death. I tried. It wasn't a Bible in the room. It, I didn't have my Bible with me, my wife and my son. Nobody could come see me because it was COVID. You know, and I was just in this room. And I said, God, is this how it's going to go out? You know, I'm going to go out like this. And I was so worried about my life. And there was a big cross outside the window because um, I was at a Catholic hospital. And it was bright. It, could, it lit up the whole sky, and I could see it right outside my window. 
And when the Lord just said to my spirit, it's going to be okay. If you know, like if you come home, you're okay. If you stay here, you're okay. I got you. And like I was telling Daryl last night, that was something. I went to sleep. That's the first time I had some real peace. I went to sleep. That was the best sleep I had up until that time. I think maybe since I was young, you know, I had some, I got up. I said, Oh man, I felt so good. I got up the next morning. They gave me a big old breakfast. I talked to the, uh, the, uh, the cardiologist and he told me that it was a small aneurysm. He said, you can you can manage this. We'll put you on blood pressure medicine and cholesterol medicine, and you can manage this. You don't have any limitations. I said, okay, but in the back of my mind, you got aneurysm. You like it's still an aneurysm. I don't care how you nice you make it sound, you know. But anyway, so during the next two months, I had to wait to see a, a, another cardiologist, and he said, well, don't worry about it, Mr. Henson. He said you can go 20 years without surgery. I said, what kind of surgery will it consist? He said, open heart surgery. You will have to go in there and put a graft on there and everything. So then, this is a test. This is a big test, I, and I'm not going to stay and tell you. I knew that God was going to heal me, uh, that everything was going to be all right, but, I, you know, I, I knew I had something to work with. So I told my wife about it, and my wife said, oh, baby, don't worry about it. You're, gonna, God, you're not going to never need surgery. You know, I'll be 60 this year, and so she said, you'll never need surgery. And so then I, the pastor at the church I was at that time, he said, you know, God is a healer. So I took that, them two people and ran with that, you know, I said, God, I'm in control, but I wasn't scared of dying anymore, you know, but I, I knew God was in control. This is the first time I really seen God in control because I was always trying to take control, you know, and so I couldn't do anything about this. It was totally in his hands. I'm not going to sit here and say I knew I was going to be healed because I didn't. I just knew I had to live with what I had, and, and, and that's all I knew. But in the process of all that, God put me around different people who had the same symptoms, had the same condition. And um, and what happened was I ended up joining groups with people with aneurysms and talking to them about it and then end up presenting the, the gospel to them and telling them about Jesus. So when I look back on it, it wasn't really about the aneurysm. It was about God using that because I had never talked to nobody about, you know, healing and God can heal you and all this stuff. I would have just, you know, I wouldn't have paid nobody some attention, but God got a way of humbling you or letting you be humble in a situation where he can use you. So anyway, uh, long story short, I ended up joining groups, a couple of groups. One group kicked me out because they didn't like me talking about Jesus all the time. But the other group, they had more people that kept me in. They let me talk about Jesus, and I was telling them about how God can heal us. I said, I believe God can use the doctors to heal us, but I also believe that he does supernatural healing. And I had this little book, uh, a book on healing by Charles Capps, and I drew a a perfect A order, because the A order is not perfect, got a lump in it. But in one of the scriptures in there, I drew a, drew a perfect A order. And that's all I looked at. And I said, God, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to do this. You know, I, I don't have any power with this. I got to rely on you. I trust you, God. Whatever the outcome is, you know, I'm yours. And that's what happened. So over a month's time, I went back to get checked out. Uh, it got smaller. They said they don't shrink. I'm talking about you talk to anybody right now, aneurysm does not shrink. That's what they say. God had other plans because he was using this. So every time I went back to the cardiologist, they said, well, it shrank. At first it was 4.1. It went down to 4 point. They said, well, that's just, you know, that's just a, a small minuscule. Then it went down to 3.8. Then it went down to 3.5. Then it went then it went back down to normal after a year. And I got the paperwork to show this, you know, that it was an aneurysm. Now they say your A order is normal. And so I was telling people in the group, and what happened was when I posted the pictures of my uh 
my x-rays and my CT scans, this gave people hope. And they weren't looking at me. They were looking at Jesus because the whole time I was telling them, Jesus can heal you. Jesus can heal you. And he healed me. And I, I'm going to tell you, I said, God, I was shocked. I was like, but then I said, God, what do you want me to do with this? He said, you got to use this because this is going to give me glory. And what it did, I told people, I said, God can heal you. But I always, I always ask people this question. What if God never did anything else for you? Would you still love him? Would you still worship him? Would you still honor him with your life? And he gave us his only begotten son. But what if he did nothing else? Would you still love him? Could you still honor him? Would you be upset? I think what's going on now is, like, a lot of people, they, we know that God can heal. But what if he doesn't? Are you still going to love him? And I see people getting so upset when God doesn't answer their, their prayers and stuff. When, he, when, he wants, when you want him to answer it. But the whole time he's trying to work on you, do a greater work in you, to get you around some people, uh, get something worked through you to, to build up your faith or to show you how great and mighty he is. And so when I, you know, and that's what I'm learning right now. I'm in a, I'm still in a transition phase because you can, you can ask Gary. I, I didn't want to talk to nobody. I really was, I was really trying to be an introvert. But during the last two years, he's been working on me and been opening me up a little more. I'm, I, that's why I haven't been coming to no conferences or nothing like that because I don't feel like I, I'm good around people. I don't like talking on conference lines. But when God, when God uh, started changing you, there's nothing you can do about it. And so that's where the Facebook page came in. I, God told me to tell y'all every tool that he gives you to put out here to reach people, you got to use it. Most people have an excuse, and I'm not saying nothing about nobody, but you, you got to use it. Great is he that is in you, that he is in the world. Whatever he puts out there for you to use to touch people, you got to use it. So you got to get rid of the world thinking like, oh, this is all messed up. I can't use this because it's, it's trash. Well, Jesus went into the bars. He was with the prostitutes. He was in the the bummest parts probably of the city where people, where the public, where the, where the uh, priests and stuff wouldn't go to reach the lost. And so that's what happened with me when I got on Facebook. It was, I only had like 200 people on there. And I said, I didn't, I, it was so much filth and dirt coming across it, like uh, Pastor Richie said last week. But God used that. He, he said, get your mind off that and get your mind on me. I said, well, Lord, if I'm going to have this Facebook page, I'm going to dedicate it to you. Um, and show me what to do. And I, over like a two-week period of time, it went from 200 people to 5,000. I don't know how it happened. I wasn't sending out anything to get with people, but people started connecting. So then I started doing videos on the side, and he was showing me doing COVID that this is a new way to get to people. So you got to use every tool that you got to touch people because the time is drawing nigh. And so now I, I, I get posts and inbox every day about how I posted something that helped somebody but I brought somebody to Jesus, and I was like, God, you're doing a, it wasn't, it wasn't me that did it, but it was Jesus. He's doing a tremendous work, and that's where the group came in from the aneurysm through Facebook. And everything on that Facebook page, I might post some personal stuff, but I'm always talking about my wife and Jesus. That's about it. I might post when I run. <laughs> I might post some food, but also I'll post me blessing the food, you know. But it's, it's not a, it's not, it's only how God gives you wisdom to use it. You can use anything God puts in front of you, because what we got to do is reach the masses. I'm not trying to get you fired up. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong because I'm nowhere near perfect. But I'm, I'm telling you my experience. Everything that I've touched all over, I'm touching people all over the world now. Well, Jesus is touching all people all over the world through me through a Facebook page where I don't even have to stand on the corner on the box top and scream at people and tell them they're going to hell. I can reach people with love and, 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 and consideration and kindness. And my biggest thing is showing them how I live. So my life is an open book. So they can see everything. Um, I look at 
uh, uh, Brother Cliff Clark. I look at Martin. I look at uh, John Knowles. I think them are some of the humblest people I know, and um, Gary and, and Daryl. And, and, and I look at them, and I see the things that they – I see the way Gary raised his ministry up. I see what the, the fights that Daryl had. I see how Cliff, uh, Matt, no matter what he's going through, he always got this joy. And when sometimes I listen to him, I be wanting to cry because he got – I'll be like, Lord, that's what I need. I need that joy that he has no matter what the situation is. There's no complaints out of him. And, and that's the kind of people I feed off. John is one of the most humble people I know. And and the, and the more humbly, it's like the God throws more in his lap. Me, God would throw something at me, and I'm like Jonah. I'm I'm heading for the hill. I'm heading for the hills. He got to pull me back because I'm going the opposite way. Like, nah, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. He, he, the more I say I can't do, the more he pours on me. And that's the same thing when we started doing the radio show with Gary. I started doing the radio show with Daryl. I didn't know how to, to write those things, but he gave me his wisdom. And listening to Gary and Daryl, they kind of mentioned me in that. But I, I wanted to run with that. I threw it in Gary's lap. I was like, I can't do this. And I was like, Gary got to take this. And Daryl, y'all take this. And then now they just threw a, a, a devotion line on, on, in my lap, uh, Tim really, for, to do for St. Christopher Fund. And the first thing I was thinking, like, oh, I'm going to manage this with this, with this, with this. And God was showing me, like, I got this. But with these radio shows and what Gary is doing, we're re- re- reaching actually millions of drivers. Because I get calls all the time about uh, what Gary said, what Daryl said, what I said. They brought people closer to Christ, that got people saved, that they heard a word that they needed to hear. You know, so I, I don't, I don't knock what anybody do, uh, and how they do it. And then this came up to me when I was thinking about that was First uh, Corinthians twelve twelve through eighteen. It says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. We have all have been baptized in one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where it, where he wants it. And he says, in the body of Christ, we are called to come together as one. We are assigned to be the perfect complement to each other for the common goal of advancing the kingdom of God. That means we are not competing with one another. We are completing each other. And when I said that, I was like, wow, that's how we are as chaplains. Everybody got a different thing. Some people can pray. Some people can evangelize. Some people can preach. Some people can pray in tongues, you know, and, and we have to compliment. As one body, we complement each other. And that's how I see this ministry, and that's how I see our lives. And I, I watch it grow. And, and like I say, I, I'm, I'm really coming out of my shell now. I'm going to try to make some conferences and, uh, and try to meet. I, wanna, I don't want to go to heaven. I want to meet y'all before we go to heaven, you know, and just reach out more. But my thing is I got to grow in the area that God has perfected me in. And so when I when Gary gave me the chance to talk, last time he gave me a chance to talk, I was not ready at all because cause my job, I'm an owner-operator, so my job has uh, been been pushed up front a little bit. But then God corrected me on that. He said, I didn't make you an owner-operator for you to concentrate on the job. I made you an owner-operator so you can get the word out. That's my trust. And I was like, wow. He said, the only reason you're an owner-operator because I need you out there 
in the midst, in the trenches. And so I thought the whole time that I was going to be an owner-operator and be successful because it was what I'm starting a business. No, it was a tool that God needed to get me out. And then that's what Channel 21 came in. And all that lined up because he didn't let me become an owner-operator or get with Channel 21 until I got off the drugs. And that was like 10 years ago. I was doing drugs, snorting coke, drinking everything. I just thought I had it all together. And then when I had the last binge on September 28, 2013, I had a four-day crack binge. And um, and I spent all our money. And my wife, was I never seen my wife cry. She was crying. And I was taking money out the bank. And, you know, and I, I was gone for three days. And I came back home. And I just got on my knees. I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I'm about to lose everything. I'm about to lose it the truck, the, my wife, everything, he, and I got on my knees and cried. I said, Lord, if you take this away from me, if you take this away from me, I will never stop earning you. I will never stop talking about you. I will tell everybody who you are, if they like me or not. And then that was a Friday. By that Sunday, that Monday morning, I was drug-free. I didn't touch another cigarette. I didn't drink no more alcohol. I didn't, um, I didn't smoke any more marijuana. It, I cried for that whole weekend because it was like a cleansing thing. And, and my wife uh, I kept going, and my wife was washing dishes. She was in the kitchen cooking, and I kept going behind her saying, baby, I'm so sorry. Because that whole weekend was a flashback of the years that I was getting high and what I was doing and how I, jeopardized, I almost jeopardized and lost everything, but I didn't. And so God saved me. That's why I say he keeps on keeping me. Through all the, all the stuff I look back on now, he's, he's the keeper that keeps on keeping us. And so then that Monday morning I woke up, I was, I was drug-free. He told me to you got to fill the gap, you know, and so the gap was me starting to walk. And so I started walking, walking. Every time I wanted a cigarette, I felt like I needed something. I started walking. And then um, the running came in. I just started running them out here, running them out there. Next, you know, I started running. And then, uh, like, Forrest Gump, I haven't stopped since. And so that, that, that helped me get, be, maintain my sobriety. I don't say I'm 10 years. I was a drug addict or something. I'm 10 years. I don't even count the years. I just said it tonight but, to give you a basis, but I don't. That was the old me. God said he made me new. All things are made new. So I don't need, I don't even remember being a drug addict no more. I don't, I don't, I don't, that don't even uh, comprehend in my mind anymore. But anyway, that's when it all started. And so I started running and that's when all the doors start opening up, they, you know, like with my company now. And I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm trying to tell you how God is and how he works. But he opened up doors like recently I've been talking for this company that I pulled for. They've been getting, putting me on conference calls to talk about, uh, G, they let me talk about Jesus, but it was more about being um, stress-free and, and, and being calm and how you manage stress. And I, I tell them, I can tell you anything, but it first starts with Jesus Christ. And so them, the doors that he's opening with the magazines, the Runners World magazine, all this stuff, this was nothing I planned. This was all God's doing because I didn't have to spend any money. He, he provided all this stuff so he can get the glory. Uh, truckers, truckers news network, all this stuff is just open up, and and, and the connections that I have uh, that Jesus has given me, I try to use them wisely. So, and that's about it. I wanted to put that out there. I just want to let you not guys know I love you. Uh, I, I I'm not a, like I say I'm no preacher, no no teacher, or anything, but I wanted to give you a basis on God's grace, and that's the main thing. Because no matter how you do things, God is gonna if he when he wants it to happen, it's gonna happen. And he's going to use you mightily. All you got to do is just be available uh, and just love. And love, if you're not loving people, then all this is for nothing. If you're just doing it because you called a chaplain and you can put authority over people and throw scriptures at them, 
then you're not doing it for the right reasons. You got to truly love people and be compassionate because it's going to put you around some people that's, that really can't stand you. My wife got some people that my wife, all she talks about is Jesus, but, and she got some people that can't stand her. But she call them every, every two weeks to tell them she love them. And, and I, I have seen the love she have break people down. She said, this woman calling me again. I don't even want to talk to her. I can imagine what they're saying, but over a while they start calling her back because they just want to hear that, that, they're, that they're loved. They, they started out grouchy, but the love, it's like the love of God brings people to repentance. So the love of God through you brings people to repentance. And people will look at you and see the way you live. I get this every day. Well, how do I get the peace you got? How can I live like you? And I say, this Jesus. It's not me. So you, if you come to him, I'm not going to say everything's going to be okay. But God, you'll, God will love you no matter what you're going through. He'll hold your hand no matter what you're going through. So I hope this can um, inspire y'all tonight. Uh, like I say, I, my, God has given me a, a, a gift to uplift and edify and not to tear anybody down. So each day he's showing me something to make me more humble than I can be, you know. And I'm not going to say I'm humble, but he's making me humble. If I'm not humble the way he needs me to be, he got a way of checking me, and that's what I learned. So the biggest things I have learned, we are, you know, faith without works is dead. You got to put some work to your, some feet to your faith. But a lot of times, God just wants you to abide in him. He will give you clear direction. He will show you what to do. Everybody that I have talked to and brought to Christ in the last maybe seven years, God has brought them to me and, and, and had me talk to him. For some reason, he opened the door for me to be at a certain place at a certain time, and it's been a lot of divine appointments. So I, in my heart, I think a revival starts one by one. Uh, I had to let go of the the, the politics and talking about America and all this stuff because I was pushing people away. I love my country. I serve my country. I was in the Army, but that that was then. Now I'm in God's Army, so I have to show the love of God, no matter if they're Democrat or Republican, you know, no matter if they're gay or straight, because God is the one that's going to change them, and black or white, uh, Asian or uh, Latino. I have to show the love of God no matter what. I, have to, I can't have any biases, and we can't as chaplains have any biases. We got our own political uh, things we might have in our mind, but that doesn't trump what God wants us to do, you know. And so that's it. Thanks for the opportunity. Love you guys. I am humbled by your mercy and the depths of your grace. Overwhelmed by your love, I long to see your face. You've sacrificed your life for me And I'll gladly give you mine I want to serve you forever And live in your joy divine I want to go out with my boots on I want to serve you every day
telling you, my friend Don't believe that devil, he's a liar, yeah Our work on earth is only done Heaven calls our name Until then we've got a job to do Calling still the same Won't go out with my boots on I wanna serve you every day I wanna go out with my boots on Give me strength, dear Lord, I pray To fight the good fight Fred, uh, these drivers out there, if they want to get that close personal relationship with God, if they want to surrender completely their hearts to Him, you know, it's as easy as what? It's as easy as ABC. First of all, you need to admit that you're a sinner. For we know in Romans 3.23, it says, For all sin comes short of the glory of God. Now, my pastor told me all means all, and that's all it means. It means everyone, me, you, we all have sinned. And B stands for believe. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that whosoever, and we're all a whosoever, shall believe upon him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And the C stands for confess. Confess in your heart that you believe Jesus Christ is 
God's son. He died on the cross for your sins and mine. He rose on the third day. And if you admit, believe, and confess that, you will be saved and you'll become part of the family, part of the family of God. So drivers, all you have to do is pray a simple little prayer. Just pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want to be a Christian. That's it. You know, and, and uh, we got one CD, Terry Hopkins, when he got saved, he said, Lord, save me. That's all he said. And guess what, friends? He saved him. It's not the words you say. It's the coming from your heart. God hears your heart, and he will do what you say. If you ask him to save you, he will save you. So, God knows what's in your heart, and he reads it. Amen. Amen. So cry out today and ask Christ into your heart, and then give us a call right here at Lonesome Road Ministry. And what's that phone number again? 618-383-2107. That's right.
friends, that's Dave Wall, and you might want to give him a call. You could book him for your church or your Christian event. Dave's phone number is 269-535-0097. Or you can call James Henson. He would love to hear from you. His phone number is 773-885-9909. Or give us a call here at Lonesome Road Ministry, 618-383-2107, as you listen to another great song by Dave Wall. This is a great song called Find Your Way Home. And drivers, we're praying that you find your way home to Jesus Christ. He is waiting for you with open arms. Here's Dave Wall. Rolling down this road gets kind of lonely. Radio becomes your own. truck stop coffee and you wonder what's waiting around the bed as you contemplate all of your life's choices and all of the regrets along the way you start to feel the heartache and the sorrow as you lift your eyes to heaven Where I 
Jesus didn't come to condemn you He came and died just to set you free He knows all the pain that you have been through And He'll give you peace if you just believe His love and mercy they go on and forgiveness are without end Give him a chance and he will show you What it's like to have a faithful friend He'll bring you home Jesus is the way Take you there to stay You've been gone for so long He knows you're weary and you're warm He'll take you back home To the place where you where you belong At the crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name this chance would it be my last then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross broken-hearted and lonesome so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling Down that old lonesome road I shared the good news wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody what's happened to me How I felt so ashamed 
when I thought of my past But I called his name This chance, could it be my last? Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Drivers, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by.
tried to tuck me into a ride, said I wouldn't be sorry. Ah, but she was just a baby. Hey, waitress, pour me another cup of coffee, pop it down, jack me up, shoot me out, flying down the highway. Looking for the morning. Ooh, I'm driving my life away. Looking for a better way for me. Ooh, I'm driving my life away. Looking for a sunny day. Tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on. 